Okay, JJ Nandra, we'll start with the Navkar Mantra. Om Namo Arihantanam, Om Namo Sitanam, Om Namo Ayadiyanam, Om Namo Achayanam, Namo Lurais of Asahunam, Eso Panchanamokaro, Sava Pava Panasano, Mangalalancha Savasim, Paramam Have Mangalam, Paramam Have Mangalam. Okay, so did anybody open the book over the summer? Did, did anyone open the book over the summer? Yes, Mihir, you did. Bhavan did? Okay. What made you open the book? I'm very interested in this. Mihir, you want to go? You want to go? Go ahead. Oh. Uh, summer, we got a few things happening in the house. So um, trying to work with a lot of uh, different different things that's happening. Uh, Kate was going to go to Dallas. Uh, we had some uh, medical issue in the house and we had a lot of other things happening. So one thing that I recall that uh, that we wanted to have with the kids, especially with a discussion about uh, contentment, uh, some sort of, uh, you know, they were quite eager that we are not being able to go anywhere, we're not being able to do this, we're not able to do that. So, so I think I kind of went through the, I believe it was one of the chapter, I don't recall, maybe seven or eight, one of the virtue, um, the contentment basically. So that's that's why I went through that one and then kind of talked to them. And in fact, I went to then all, I think, four virtues after that. That was the reason. That's great. How about you, Mihir? So uh, two reasons. Uh, one, I was interested in the karma theory. Uh, over last few weeks or months, uh, you know, karma theory comes up a lot when I talk to my mom and things like that. So I have to learn about that. And the other thing is I was uh, able to do a few Samites and I, I have the book right there where I, in our Dirasa room, where there is, uh, 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 that's where I do Samites. So whenever during the Samite, I, I pick up the book and kind of go over uh, different things and just kind of scan through it just to remember what we have gone through and, and what uh, sort of a revision way. Uh, plus I have a book where I've written down a few things that some of the lectures we talked about the monkey mind and things like that so that the same book is there so I review that during uh, any of the opportunity when I and I get to do some mic that's great thank you for everybody joining us we're talking about uh, I asked a question did anybody open the book during the summer and you brought up a good point you made it really easy right and what is that but mindfulness right you put the book right there so you could see it and you made it easy to access the book. Sometimes when we do, when we, we make things hard on ourselves because we're like, oh, I'm being organized. I want to store the book with on the bookshelf, but then it's hard. You don't see the book that's there. You don't remember uh, that it's there. And so one of the things that's great about it is you made it easy for yourself to get the book. Thanks to everybody just joining us. I'm sure that prayers ran late and that's why um, everybody's coming on now. Uh, I asked a question. Did anybody open the book during the summer? And so for the people that didn't open the book, that's fine. Uh, don't worry about it. It's normal. Uh, but tell me if you can, what prevented you from doing so? For example, did the thought just not even cross your mind? That's probably most likely it, right? You just didn't think about opening the book. So you never did. So if so, I gather that that's likely it, that you it's it's probably the most likely answer. You didn't think about opening the book, so you never opened the book. But now let's talk about why. Why didn't we ever think about opening the book? Is it that the Jainism never crossed your mind during the summer? I don't believe that. I think that Jainism must have crossed your mind during the summer at some point. 
some question that you had. So why didn't you open the book? If anybody is willing to discuss why they didn't. Okay, no problem. So this class has always been about making our life better by applying Jainism to it. But the problem is, is that many of the benefits are long-term, such as the Samvar and the Nirjara that we practice. So we don't think about it, just like we don't think about opening the book. What we need to understand is how Jainism can change our lives in the short term. That is, how can it make our lives better right now? So let's take a look at our life right now. Let's, what, what does your typical day look like? You get up and you get ready. So you're probably tired, you're hungry, and sometimes some of us are dreading the day, especially if it's a Monday. Second, you help your family get ready. Perhaps you have an argument with your child about what she wants to wear or why he isn't eating breakfast. So then you eat something and you're in a rush, probably. You start working and you have coworker interactions until lunchtime. Now this is probably the most peaceful part of your day because work is highly ritualized. There's a coworker etiquette that goes on. You've known these same people, you have these same interactions. And uh, unless you're used to getting very emotional at work, um, this is probably the most peaceful part of your day. You have lunch. So some people eat lunch with other people. Some people eat lunch alone at their desk. You work until it's time to go again uh, with the coworker interactions in there. You get home, you have dinner. Um, perhaps there's an argument about dinner, why your child isn't eating Indian food. And you play referee among your family members. You have family time, that's different for everybody. You put the kids to bed, you help with their homework or maybe they ignore you. You spend some time with your wife. If you're lucky, you get to work on a personal project, but more likely you're paying bills or fixing the house or taking out the trash or thinking about exercising. Then maybe you watch TV for a little bit or you read a book in bed. Maybe you play a game and then you go to bed. So that's a, what your typical life might be. But what could your life be if you applied Jainism to your life? You get up and you get ready. You say the Novgar Mantra out loud, remember? Who remembers why we say it out loud? And why we do it in the morning? So you're tricking your brain to say it loudly, understand the meaning of it. That's right. You say it in the morning because you want to remember it throughout the day. And if you said it at night, you're going to forget it while you sleep. You want to remember what it means. And you say it out loud to access more of your senses. When you access more of your senses, you remember it better. If you just say it, if you just repeat it in your mind, you don't act activate those senses. So you say the Navkar Mantra out loud in the morning, and that helps you remember to focus on the big picture by remembering not by thinking about the big picture while you're saying it, you think about the word, what the words mean. You think about what I bow down to the Arihants mean. Well, who are the Arihants? You think about what I bow down to the Siddhas mean. Well, who are the Siddhas and why am I bowing down to them? So second, you help your family get ready. Because you say the Mdankar Mantra, you frankly don't care if your child doesn't eat. There's no chance of him starving to death if he skips breakfast. And you don't care if your daughter, what your daughter wears for clothes at her school, because maybe if the school tells her it's not appropriate, that's better than you telling her it's not appropriate because the repercussions are somewhat minimal because it's just school and you won't be the bad guy and you won't incite the violence in your family. Maybe you can let the school be the bad guy instead of you being the bad guy. And you think to yourself, is this a fight worth having? Sometimes there are fights worth having, especially about health and safety. You must wear the seatbelt in the car. That's a fight I want to have. But maybe what my daughter wears to school is not a fight I want to have. So then you eat something. 
You concentrate on enjoying your breakfast because you remember how it felt to do eating meditation. And you know your whole life is going to pass you by if you don't concentrate on the thing you're doing right now. Next, you start working. You have coworker interactions until lunch. Probably no changes here unless you're used to getting very emotional at work. You have lunch and you do a you concentrate while you're eating your lunch. You don't watch anything, you don't listen to anything. Uh, if you're with people, that's maybe a different story. You work until it's time to go again, so there's no change there. You get home and you have dinner. But you use this time to teach your family instead of being the referee amongst your family. You have family time. You put the kids to bed. You maybe help with homework or maybe they ignore you. You don't feel resentful about your personal responsibilities, about taking out the trash, fixing the house, because you're in control of your life. Maybe you meditate and part of that is enjoying how great your life is. And then you go to bed marveling at your amazing life, which is the highest standard of living in the history of the world. So notice that no action of yours has changed throughout the day or minimal actions of yours have changed throughout the day. Only your intentions and reactions have changed. That's what we mean by taking control of your life. That sounds so crazy, doesn't it? First, you have the life you live. Next, I say, take control of your life. You say, okay, I'm taking control of my life. And literally, no action you perform is any different. You still got up. You still went to work. You still came back and attended to your family and your responsibilities. But your life is profoundly affected in a positive way because of your intentions and reactions. And that's what Jainism can do for you. That's what Jainism can do in the short term. That's how Jainism can affect your life positively today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. In addition to all that long-term stuff about karma and my next life, and I wanna make sure I get to Siddhasila, that is fine. That is what we should be focused on. But as you and I know, our brain is wired to increase the impact of short-term effects and short-term threats and short-term rewards and short-term goals and minimize our preparation for long-term because we don't know if we might be alive in the long-term. So questions or comments about that? Tamir, I'm, I'm very interested in, in you know, just a, like I said, karma theory and short-term and the long-term uh, effects of what we do and what we have in, in, in our life. It's a broader question. Uh, so, I, again, I, I, I keep pondering every time this, this topic comes up uh, to build my own understanding of this, this topic. Uh, yeah, I have a, I have a story to share. I'll, I'll share later on if, uh, towards the end, if we have time. No, we have time now. So you, you mentioned about short-term store, uh, short-term karma. And, uh, uh, I, I, I remember the story you shared about the, the work in your attic. And one day I, uh, I was, I was riding a bike in the neighborhood in the morning. And there was a, an area which I avoided because there were a lot of ants. And I was like, just like millions of them. And oh, after a while, I said, okay, let me explore that again. And I, uh, I started exploring. I went back there. It was still there. Uh, so it was just for hard for me to make the decision and go that way. I said, okay, I'm going to just keep on going and not really try to think too much about it. So I gave up that. I guess uh, the forgiveness or a hinsa aspect said, okay, I'm just going to pass through and then not think about it. Well, then comes a curve 
And I chose to, uh, you know, I, I've done this. Like, you know, the coach comes in and you kind of show off yourself a little bit. And uh, I have a mountain bike and, and, and jumped it. And I've done it several times. And guess what? That time I was not able to jump it. <laughs> and, and and I don't know if that was guilt from that or my, uh, I guess, conscious ignorance of that fact. Uh, I was fortunate. Uh, it was not bad. But, you know, I can... I can think that of that as a result of my past karma or my immediate karmas of ignoring uh, that. So uh, I said that was immediate right after this. I'm, I'm trying to come bring myself up. And that was the, the thought in my mind. It's like, okay, this is exactly what I did. I should have been more conscious. Uh, one can say from scientific way that I, I chose to be unconscious. I, I kind of let my brain uh, stay back a little bit. But whatever the reason could be, but I, I had that experience that I thought I'll share sometime when we talk about karma theory. That's great. You're so lucky. What a gift, right? To be able to get the immediate consequences of our actions, to prove to yourself that karma theory is real. And you made that association, even though it was right after, some people wouldn't have made that association, even though it was right then. Now imagine you have the wherewithal to think about your actions from a long time ago and correlate the consequences that are happening to you now. Imagine how you how much your faith would be bolstered when you made those connections. What a great gift. And and certainly we can um, think about where you went wrong. That was great. I like the idea. Let me go back and see if the answer's still there because maybe things have changed, right? But I guess probably what you should have done is, well, the answer is still there, so you should have turned around. But that would have been like a waste of your time. That would have been more whatever. That would have been just a, a problem, right? So the mistake was not turning around again, right? Which, which is a totally um, you know, relatable mistake to make. That's great. Any uh, other question for Mir? Sure. Uh, Mir, obviously... I mean, you you mentioned you don't know what the reason was for you to keep going, but reflecting back, what what was the? I mean, you knew what the what your actions were. You knew what you were doing, and yet you didn't stop yourself. What kept you going? You know, I, I think uh, Timur said it right. It's just like you know, once you go a certain way. It's just, uh, uh, I won't call it a human nature, but it's just like that ego, if you will, that, okay, I want to keep going and not want to turn back. Uh, if I would have sublimed that ego and say, okay, you know, I, I know the right principle of Ensa, I should not go further and turn around would have been the right thing to do. Uh, or the other thing would be, I should have done more Jainapuro, meaning, you know, even if I keep going, I should have that... Uh, uh, guilt in mind, at least, you know, I, I would have made me more conscious because to me, what I did was I just made myself more unconscious about my surrounding, about the fact, about what's going on. So those two things, one thing would have been turning around, that would have actually been the best thing. The second is to, uh, you know, even if you have to do certain things, uh, be conscious about it and, and apply ahinsa there too, because you know, uh, like they say, we live in a, in a life, so we, there are things we have to do. So let's just be conscious about it, ask for forgiveness for that fact, and then move forward. That probably the two things I I did not, at least in my mind, I did not, not I, I could have done better on. And that's such yeah, a... So what, so go ahead. What if you didn't fall, right? That's the big question. What if you didn't fall? Would you still be able to realize that, right? That's, that's the whole point when you walk on the grass or go somewhere else, would you be able to keep that in your mind, right? Absolutely. And that's where I feel like a long-term versus short-term, there are things we do and are the, uh, the consequences are not immediate. Uh, so we forget that we have done something that we're going to get paid back for in a way, for lack of a better term. And when we don't have that memory, uh, we think it's you know, Bhagwan doing that to us or something like that as a childhood, you know, why, why is it happening to me type thing? 
And following on that, actually, if you didn't fall, would you have said, or would you have said later on, hey, I didn't get punished for this, or I didn't, hey, so this is okay. I mean, uh, I have too many positives on my balance sheet here, so I got subtracted, some got subtracted, but I wasn't on the negative side. So again, this is you're bringing up my my interesting topics. So there is something I heard about you know spending your positive karmas. So on that day, I could have spent my positive karmas of my past and probably you know got away without a fall. I, I believe that I karma nirjara. I'm glad if that was the cause. I'm glad like my karma nirjara happened right then. Otherwise, it would have stuck to me. Or the other thing is, like you said, if this would not have happened, I probably would have saved, my positive karma would have saved myself, but then it's, uh, you know, it's a loss in my profit. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, although, I mean, I'm, I'm just, this is just random thoughts, okay? Uh, would you Would you say that you're, your balance sheet was really thin for you to have re realized immediate uh, immediate uh, repercussions. I mean, would you think that way? I'm, I'm not saying that is the case. No, no, no. I, I absolutely, I think my balance sheet is very positive. That's why I am here sitting today and I survived that. Uh, you know, we always have like in this, if we take a stock market example, you always have a, a profit and a loss, right? Now, if I lose on one of the stock, doesn't mean my all the other stocks are not prop or my balance sheet is negative. Actually, why I survived that fall and all the other things because my my balance sheet is still positively strong, uh, strong positive. But if what I would say is, if I would not have had the the fall. Uh, and then I would have had to give up my positive gain somewhere else in future for my, my own karma, is my belief. Well, I hate to break it to you, but all of our balance sheets are positive because we were lucky enough to be born as a human, which provides us unparalleled access to somewhere in Nirdra, which animals and even heavenly and hellish beings can't perform. And the reason I say I hate to break it to you is because when you realize the significance of that, unfortunately, part of our progress is realizing how much time we've wasted and how precious the time was that we frittered away. And that is a terrible and crushing realization when it comes to you. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel in that the harder it hits you, the more likely you are to change your life right now. And that example that Mihir provided was a perfect example for many things that I'd like to talk to you about. The first is that it's so hard to know what the right thing to do is. And the right thing to do for me here would have been to stop and think about, well, the facts have changed. These ants are still here to stop and think about what the right thing to do was. And that's so hard. Uh, who wants to live their life like that? Stopping and thinking about whether everything is the right thing to do. Well, let me tell you, that is an amazing life to live. All right. But it's so very hard to do. Um, and in fact, a lot of times we're not in a position to take the time to think about our actions properly. I mean, very few of us, um, unless you're a, a doctor or work in a manufacturing capacity, we really don't have to be that decisive in our life where we need to make a decision in the next minute one way or the other, you know, because the decisiveness is more important than getting it right. Um, but even though a lot of us are not in that position, it's still hard for us to think about what the right thing to do is. And let me tell you, once you realize that that is the bulk of what you're supposed to be doing, it becomes one of the most interesting parts of your life is to reflect on 
what the actions you could have taken in a particular circumstance should have been and how you can change that going forward in your life. And this brings us to the topic of precluded options. Let's say Mihir did decide to take stock at that moment. He said he thought that the right answer would be to stop and let me think about what the right thing to do is. Well, guess what? That even having all the time in the world, he still might not have thought of it because of his monia karma or deluding karma. Because let's say Mihir thought of two to three options and decided to choose among those. Maybe one of those options was not the right option, that is to turn back. Maybe he thought his options were to go left, to go straight, or to go right. And the correct option was precluded from him. That is, it did not come to him. His brain did not think about it, or his soul did not provide that information, however you want to think about it. That is how karma works. That is how karma keeps you in the hole that you're in. And that is why it's so hard to break free because of this precluded options. There's no chance you can win because of your monia karma. As much thinking as you would like to do about your life, the right answer never presents itself to you because of your delusion. And that is why it's called the king of all karmas. And that brings us to the topic, of course, of Laisha or what type of, uh, it's uh, represented by colors, that is what type of color your soul is, from black to blue to green to red to white, white being the best. It's just a category of what options are presented to you. And we remember that, uh, of course, with the story of the men and the mangoes, right? Um, there are many men and they want the mangoes from a tree. And one man thinks the right option is to cut down the whole tree. And he's in, he's in a black state of mind. Another man thinks the right option is to cut down the branches of the tree. Another man thinks the right option is to cut down the small branches of the tree. Another man thinks the right option is to pick the mangoes from the tree. And finally, the last man knows that the right option is to wait until the mangoes fall to the ground and pick the mangoes from the ground. These, the right option did not present itself to any of these other men. Otherwise, they would have chosen, chosen it. So questions or comments about that? I know I covered a, a lot of topics, but that example was a perfect example to cover all of these topics about Jainism. All right, so there's this saying, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. What does that mean? This is a little phrase to help you remember the example that we just did. Remember when I talked to you, you about your day, and then I talked to you about how Jainism could help you, and that none, none or very little of the actions that you take, that you took, changed. So before Jainism helped you, you chopped wood and you carried water. But after Jainism helped you, and you're living your best life, you're still chopping wood, you're still carrying water, but your life has been profoundly changed. Here's how someone online put it. Before enlightenment, you hate your life. You chop wood and carry water, but secretly wish to get out of it all. You bear with these activities through habit and out of hopelessness, but you really wish you could do something else. In a way, you're a victim, a slave. The wood chops you and the water carries you, and there's no escape. This could go on for eternity, and it's like living in an eternal hell. After enlightenment, you're in harmony with the universe. There's no conflict, no need to escape. 
because you mastered your mind, you're not chopped by the wood and you're not carried by the water. It is your choice to chop wood and carry water. So, as uh, we talked a lot about theory, and as you know, this class is always about how Jainism can help you in your life. So let's take a minute and think about your life. What could you be doing in your life to bring Jainism into your life to make your life better? Not just to do it because it's the right thing to do or because somebody said so or because or even because you want to make spiritual progress. That's the wrong reason. I mean, that's the right reason, but you make spiritual progress to make your life better, which is the right reason. What can Jainism do to make your life better? I would say, um, Tim, it's... uh helping me understand other people, uh, understand relationships, understand um, human emotions, and not only understand them, but to respond in a way that helps the other person, helps me, uh, without, as you said, you know, without the acrimony and without the it, it's it's harmony is 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 i think the word you use uh or maybe you didn't but i that's how that's what i would like actually uh jainism the way the way i would see it helping me i mean it's just one part of it i'm sure there are many levels there are many areas in which uh it can help uh and it, it does but this is one area that I think uh, I would like. Great. Perfect. That's a very admirable goal. Can anybody tell Baresh how Jainism can help him with his goal in improving his life? Can I answer that uh, question just a, just uh, very briefly? Of course. Uh, I, I try this. I try this. I don't know if I'm successful, but I try this. It's uh, firstly, it's uh, the concept of uh, anikantwad, right? So when I talk to people, it's always with the with with that in back of my mind and say, you are not your view is not the only view out in the world. There are other views out there. You've got to respect those views. You may not agree with them, but that doesn't necessarily make those views wrong. So that's, I, you know, I try very, very hard to keep that with me when I'm, when I'm dealing with that. That's, I thought I, I just mentioned that. And other people include kids too, huh? <laughs> kids, kids excluded. <laughs> You know what a uh, very sad realization I came uh, to about my life was, is that a lot of my anger is stems from my kids because I care so much, right, about them that I get not necessarily angry, maybe upset, maybe like when they don't reach their potential or when I know they're capable of doing something else. You know, if it was a stranger, I wouldn't care. Like, oh, he's, it's his life. He's going to do what he wants with his life, right? But, um, or with the kids, like, if they make a mess and I have to clean it up. You know, a stranger, I don't take responsibility for a stranger's actions. But I certainly take responsibility for my children's actions. And I certainly want to teach them the right way to do things. And, you know, if, and sometimes the family suffers the consequences of their actions. And, the biggest thing that happens is, you know, they get upset and angry about things, which is totally normal. But then the family dynamic changes 
that, you know, then my wife gets angry because the kids have brought the family down. And then my wife gets angry. So then I get upset because I care about all of them. Right. And it was a very sad realization. It was like, the, my, how is my family the greatest source of my anger in my life? That's so crazy. Right. <laughs> but no, um, Jainism can definitely help you understand other people. And respond in a way that benefits all. First, if you take care of your own emotions, if you if we work on getting rid of our anger, ego, deceit, and greed, and here's my chance to tell you, uh, another year has passed. If you started working on your anger when I reminded you last time, it would be out of your life by now. This is something you can accomplish in this lifetime. It's not something like, oh, I'm working on scrubbing this mountain of dirt of karma from my soul. And, you know, it's going to help me later get to moksha. And no, like if you had started working when I told, reminded you about it last year, your anger would be completely gone from your life. This is something that people have done. Many people, I would say hundreds, maybe thousands, probably not millions, but maybe thousands of people live a life without anger, without ego, deceit and greed are much harder. So here's a reminder again to start working on it that you can change your life. Um, but certainly Jainism can help you with those topics first by getting rid of your own. Once you get rid of your own, you know how easy it is to, if it's hard to address a problem when you're in it, you know, it's easy to say, oh, this is what's going on with your life. This is the problem with your life. But when it comes to our life, it's hard to say, well, what the problem is somebody else can probably do it better than we can. When you get rid of your own emotions, especially anger, ego, deceit, and greed, your life becomes more still and you're able to address the problems properly and address your relationships with people properly because you're not getting in your own way. I'm not reacting anymore to when my kids get angry. I'm not letting that get me get angry. So then I have that time to think. I have that 10 seconds to think about what's the proper response to my children here what should I do to prevent this from spiraling further? And what um, can I do to prevent that negative energy from spreading to my wife, from spreading to myself, and to have it be contained? Jainism can help you with that. all of that. Uh, obviously, you brought up Anikanfad. Jainism can tell you about subjectivity and how it's so hard to think outside of yourself. It's almost as hard as to think what the right thing to do. It's in fact harder to think of what the right thing to do in a particular situation is. It's so hard to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. It's so hard to think that there's more go going on around you than what you can perceive. And there is. And it's so hard to think there's something more to this body. There's something more than the senses that I, that um, my body is feeding my brain. There's something more to my consciousness than that. And Jainism can help you do that. Um, anybody else? Or does anybody else have any questions about how Jainism might help you in your life? Yes, Mihir. Tim, I have a, I have a question. And um, I'd like to see how everybody um, would, would, take, would answer this uh, from Jainism perspective. Let's say you made a friend yesterday. Both of you chose not to wear a mask. And today you're told that you're exposed. That person tested positive. What would be your reaction? And how would you approach the situation? Explain the situation again here one more time. Sure. You met a friend yesterday, uh, had a short conversation. You, you both of you didn't think about wearing, wearing masks. It was not like mandatory or anything like that. You saw each other normal circumstances. Uh, you know, you don't think of anything. Next morning, you 
you get a call from that person and informing that he or she had tested positive and you you've been exposed what what would be your reaction after that well blame myself for not wearing a mask I mean, it was my choice Meher, I would say that uh, while on the phone, I would at least thank him to let me know ASAP. Um, but in the back of my mind, I sure would be upset and a bit angry. Um, why me? Why this situation happened? Um, but I guess that's also a rash kind of a thought quickly that goes through your mind as part of emotions. And then immediately, like, you know, switch over and be like, okay, what, what do I do so I can quarantine myself and then start monitoring my own health and uh, protect my family and others around me by not, uh, by wearing a mask and then obviously quarantining and, and uh, uh, not exposing myself to others, you know. Um, uh, honestly, uh, it's it's been so many months that we have been in this situation that okay now we can rationalize this thought process uh, while being angry but if you rewind and go back a year ago or something it would have probably been a different circumstance and scenario. Yeah, Chitan, I. I think what you described, the anger, and uh, that, that's kind of what I, I think it'll be interesting to know how can we use Jainism principle and, and control our anger because now, now we are talking about in a, an environment like this, we know it's not going to help. So what, what, what should be the way of managing that rash moment like you described pretty well? Sure. The first thing to do would be to take stock of your situation. This is one of the times where you do have an opportunity to sit down and think about what the right thing to do is. And first of all is to realize that all anger is directed at the self because anger is the um, difference between expectations and reality. And for some reason, you had an expectation that if you met with somebody, it would be safe. So you didn't wear your mask or you didn't just think about it. Um, and so you realize that the anger is directed at yourself and you realize that it is not, first of all, it's going to cause you karma, which you don't want. So you let it go. That's what it's, that's what, um, that's how Jainism could help you. First, you let go your anger to your friend, but really when we say let go of your anger to your friend, we mean let go of your anger to yourself. Um, second, it, as Chintan mentioned, you take stock about what you need to do now, right? Jainism would tell you how to minimize the violence that you cause other people. And that would give you the fortitude necessary to make the right decision. Have you ever noticed that the right decision is always harder than the wrong decision. And I always, I often wonder that, like, w why is it doing the right thing mostly harder than doing the wrong thing? Shouldn't we arrange our lives so that, or society, so that doing the right thing is easier than doing the wrong thing? That's how we like to do it at work, right? Like a good manager will arrange his people or his infrastructure such that doing the right thing is easier than doing the wrong thing. But it's so often that doing the wrong thing is easier. Um, and so we should arrange our life like that. Sure, you have to quarantine. Sure, you have to go through some hardship. But Jainism will help you realize that it's a result of your karma. And maybe you didn't have a choice meeting with your friend without a mask because life had arrayed it against you. And you did not, and wearing a mask at that time was a precluded option. You just didn't think about it. And that's when the light bulb goes off in your head. I never even thought about wearing a mask with my friend. 
it must have been my karma that I was exposed. And now I have to change my life to go take a test. I have to dread the results of the test. If it's positive, I have to quarantine for 14 days and I got to deal with my family doing the same on top of it. And that gives you the fortitude to make the right decision to do those things. And because you realize that you are not promised another day on this earth, you have the flexibility to adapt to that. That is, you have the flexibility to adapt to changing circumstances. It is, in fact, very, very atypical that our life has been the same day after day after day after day. And the reason is that we live, as I mentioned, we have the highest standard of living on that the world has ever known. In fact, nothing is ever promised tomorrow today, as the great philosopher Kanye West said. So, in these ways, Jainism can help you get through that process, to come to realizations about your life during that process, and to make you realize that you are not your body through that process. So every calamity, every hardship that happens in your life, in fact, is an opportunity to make your life better, and Jainism provides the guide to do that. We have a little bit of extra time, so I wanted to see if there was any subject that you want me to look into about Jainism for a future class. So this is your class, and I'm here to serve you. So if you have something you want to talk about that's going on in your life, I want to hear it just like Barish and just like me here. I want to bring it up as a topic for discussion. And if you want me to look in, and I may not know, then I have to do my research and think about how Jainism, what Jainism says about the topic or how it can apply. So is there anything you'd like to see this semester in Dad's class? Um, I'm a little curious about one thing always. You know, we talk about doing the prayers, doing the right thing. This all point towards our uh, path towards the moksha and, 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 and execute that path or work on the path. But when we say... I'll pray for you. How does that truly, is it truly, does that actually work? Um, how does that ties into Jainism? Because, you know, you have family, you have friends, they're not close by. Um, obviously, you feel for them. Obviously, you have a contentment, like everybody's going through their own path. But when we say, we do care, we try to do that, how truly is it impacting their path, if, if it is or not? Just curious. Great question. You know, I've heard of, in other religions, not Jainism, I've heard of people that pray for certain outcomes, or if you're really rich, you can donate to this monastery and they'll have 40 monks pray for you for one whole day or something like that. You know, that's great. You know, does it work? Does it help? What does Jainism say about that? That's great. I love that. Anybody else have any questions that they thought of? Anything they'd like me to research? Anything they'd like to bring up in the future or a question that you've had? Uh, specifically, a question that you had about applying Jainism to your life, which is what I want to remain focused on. And I'm very wary of straying from that topic. Even as we talk about all the theory, I hope to give you examples of that theory. Tim, one thing I, I think in the example that we talked about today, and uh, even uh, I guess touched upon before, is I believe the anger that we all experience in our lives is associated with fear. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I can say with 100% certainty, that's always the case, but I would like to make that as a proposition and say, okay, and I have a dialogue and, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I think anger is always 
just just for the sake of argument, I would say anger is driven by fear and lack of courage. Great. So it does seem that way. You might get angry at your friend because you're afraid of changing your life. You're afraid of dying, obviously. You're afraid of getting the test. You're afraid of doing that. Um, so great. What is the relationship between anger and fear? And maybe what does Jainism have to say about that? Any questions or comments about anything we've talked about today or about how you want class to proceed? Uh, we have class online for, I think, the next six weeks. As facts on the grounds change, then our uh, class might change. We might uh, go back to in-person. Uh, we might not. We just have to keep a close eye on the changing facts on the ground. Any other questions or comments about anything we've talked about today? Uh, one last thing, the I think last uh, probably our last semester class uh, we had uh, one of the goals that we were working through or I was working through is to have visualization on how the life is progressing. Uh, talking of this anger management and maybe just just a thought about it, uh, you know I captured these things. I don't know if you all can see it, but this is like a ten years a grid, just simple grid, weekly grid. Right from this year to that year, but if you see in some of them, I have a dots on it. Those are the dots. Is the week that I may have lost my mind on something. It's it's a visualization to see like are you making progress on that or not. So it's just that something to remind you that okay, you know, are you? If my memory sometimes you know I forget whether this was two years ago, it was five years ago what I did, certain things, and when I put these things on a piece of paper, and in fact, this also, I'm giving it to my kids too, um, to put a dot on it, and it doesn't have to be a daily in this one, but that whole week, you know, sometimes you may have said something that you would regret afterwards, and so that that that's helping me and my family. Just wanted to share that. That's great. You know what that reminds me of? Often we talk about the first step to losing weight is you just write down everything you eat. And then you're so surprised at the end. You're like, I ate this much during the day. And even if you don't change it, in fact, you can't help but change your life after you start writing down everything you eat because you're like, oh, I don't wanna write that down so I'm not gonna eat it. Or like, oh, I realized I'm eating much of this. That's And, and there's a log you can do, right? Like an app where you like write down everything that you eat and you click it all. And that's great. That makes me think about an app where you do the same thing, but with emotions, right? You just write down every time you got angry, you know? And then at the end of the day, you're like, I got angry five times today. Like I couldn't even believe that. Like the visualization can do nothing but help you. Even if you don't try to make any effort to change your life, just the writing of down of how many times you got angry changes your life. I really love that. That's great. If anybody wants to make an app out of it, I'm going to subscribe and pay you $5.99 per month. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming this week i really appreciate it i hope that we have a very good semester and i'm glad to see so many faces returning have a great week thank you bye thank you tim thank you